Welcome to another episode of Your Brain On by Salience Learning. I'm Krista Gerhard. And I'm Karen Foster. And this is what we've been thinking about lately. You know, Krista, you know, Salience, you know, we're 100% a fully remote team. And, and so, you know, while COVID had an impact on our business and changing our clients' businesses, you know, we were, we were sort of used to it working remote, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh, in this day and age, COVID or not, working from home is a nice benefit that a lot of us wanted to enjoy. And um, now more of us are getting to do that. Yeah, well, and and certainly I know you appreciate having your two sons uh, there with you day by day, and I get to see my two children every so often. So it's a joy, easy, easy to do, right? <laughs> if only it were. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, on on many times, I think the first few weeks of, of COVID, you would sit there and think, wow, we have the opportunity to really do things differently, a little bit more work-life balance because we've minimized the commute, we've minimized you know, the, the the meeting upon meeting, but apparently that's not actually the case. Commutes are now optimized by more meetings. So that's-, that's... And, Well, and homeschooling, as, and as I homeschooling, know you, yes. you, uh, you, you enjoyed the uh, direction of, uh, what were you teaching the other day? Physics? Uh, you know, something with race cars and chalk and driveway, you definitely went over and above. So, um, but uh, we, you know, we know we've talked a lot about, and one of the things Salience is passionate about is being, you know, promoting L&D to be a good strategic partner to the organization. And, uh, you know, obviously, even far before COVID, uh, and this, you know, new normal that we all have, uh, you know, very important for us, and you and I are both passionate about, uh, you know, enhancing L&D's uh, strategic partnership to the organization. Mm-hmm, definitely. I know in times like this, this this is when L&D really can um, bring uh, some valuable insight to many difficult conversations that folks are having as, as they're evaluating their operating models, their, their strategies um, for how to handle this type of situation when their essentially marketplace has changed uh, so dramatically. This is clearly a, a disruptive period for uh, the life sciences industry and the way we do business. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I can't, I, I definitely can't remiss the, the key fact that, you know, most L&D te- people have teams that are sidelined, right? Whether it's uh, field sales teams of 800 or account executives, uh, or medical science liaisons. I mean, most of the learners, right, of of L and D teams are 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 kind of just in a holding pattern right now. And so, you know, whether it's domestic or globally, that could really you know drive a bit of uh, anxiety, uh, maybe perhaps, or asks from the organization to keep those people busy. Um, but really, definitely a time to step back and ask, you know, those crucial critical thinking questions so that L and D can be really strategic. Um, you know, what would be on your mind, I guess, Krista, in the role in, in that sense? You know, I think there's a lot that comes to mind. I think, um, you know, how do we support our folks who are in the field, who are recognizing that the way they do business and, and everything that they've learned or um, know in terms of engaging with their, their customers is, is changing and evolving and how do they change with it? Um, I think each one of our customer facing field team members have a really valuable and important role to play when promoting um, products within the life sciences industry. 
now how do we adjust to this new norm and ensure that that value and that credibility of the organization still comes through um, when we may not be able to see each other face to face or um, have as as frequent of a connection that we would like. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know a lot of the L&D um, individuals that, that I've been talking to in, uh, across organizations, you know, some of the, the gut or knee jerk reaction, you know, could be to, to do some, you know, product training, launch training, you know, getting, you know, materials out uh, to the field to sort of, quote, keep them busy. But at the same time, you know, I know where you and I sort of have a mindset on is is really empowering L&D uh, individuals like those listening with good strategic and critical thinking questions that they can ask of their commercial business partners, right? So that they, they are focusing on the learner, um, you know, empowering the learner, but also meeting those businesses' goals. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a fair point. Uh, there's a desire to want to ensure that our customer facing field teams still feel like they are being productive in their roles, even if they may not be engaging with their customers. And as leadership in the home office, you also want to empower them to develop when they're sort of on the sidelines and not able to engage with those customers. So if we think about what are the opportunities or how can we maximize or optimize the, the time that these folks have at home when they're not able to engage with the customers live or maybe they're transitioning to a virtual selling model and they're not there yet, um, how do you as a business and as an organization make the right decisions to make the best use of that time? Like, where do you prioritize? Sometimes to your earlier point, there might be that initial like, we, we have a label update, we have a launch, we've got to get them trained, we've got to get them ready for whatever that light switch turns on, we're ready to go. But is that the right use of, of their time? Do we need to take a step back, take a breath, you know, look a little bit further into the future? Do some digging, critical thinking, strategic thinking, some questioning around the organization to better understand how other people, other stakeholders within the organization are viewing this disruption and how we could come together as a, as a matrixed organization to figure out how best to handle it and how best to really spend this time to the best of that learner's ability. So, I mean, this is where I think the learning strategy component is is most critical, Karen. You know, if you think about, you know, T1 of COVID-19 versus, I don't know, are we T8? I'm, I'm not sure what week we're in here. Um, We've all lost track. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, you think about the way we're thinking about this situation, those first two weeks versus how we're viewing it now yeah. and how this the the length of time we've been in this period is making most organizations and leaderships within those organizations rethink about the way they will engage customers in the future because we've been in this state for so long how do we think about it differently so let's take this time and think about what are the skills that we need to evolve um, and to better become strategic partners in a virtual environment both internally and externally so I mean, I'd be curious from your perspective, Karen, when you have time like this and, and your job is very product focused, but you recognize your strategic skills that support the product knowledge, how do you prioritize or what do you potentially want to ask your stakeholders to help prioritize what should be done from a learning and development perspective when those field teams are on the sidelines? No, that's a great question. I mean, from a L&D uh, perspective, I think, you know, being able to go to your commercial counterparts, right, whether it's 
sales leaders, marketing leaders, um, uh, and ask them questions, right, about, uh, you know, what do they see as the biggest, you know, priority uh, need from a skill standpoint coming up, right? What what can we build off of? What can we, you know, identify that, you know, our in, our teams can can like you said feel productive, but but mm-hmm. but you know, justifiably so, right? Rather than sort of filling time, let's identify the the gaps um, and the skills, right, that are broad enough to really prepare them to to you know whatever the you know, next step and sort of new normal is once uh, things start opening up and people start having the opportunity to engage customers again, whether, you know, more normally, right, frequently in a virtual. Uh, But so asking that kind of question, right? What is the biggest need? What's the biggest gap? What do we see is the biggest opportunity right now? Yeah, no, I think those are all exactly the right questions. You know, we, we've seen, um, unfortunately, a lot of, um, opportunities where, you know, we need as L&D partners to really become that liaison to these types of conversations going on in the organization. So if you think about COVID-19 and how it's impacted the the customer-facing model, you have leadership, sales leadership, thinking about, you know, do I have the right team in place? Do they have the right skills to evolve in this setting? Um, what will my selling environment look like within my particular therapeutic area? How do I figure this out? You have marketing saying, well, if my um, sales reps can't be in front of um, my my physicians and they can't use their iPads to detail because they have to maintain six feet distance in the new norm, then what's my alternative for that particular selling model for that marketing asset that should go along with the sales representative when communicating the value of the product. So these individuals are making really tough decisions based upon their particular, you know, domain expertise. How does learning and development connect all of these, right? So if we, if we, if we remove learning and development from these types of conversations, then we become, you know, there's certain barriers that come into play um, that prevent us from really optimizing how we could evolve in a more quickly uh, fashion. So so thinking about L&D becoming knowledgeable of what those challenges are and how their matrix team leaderships are viewing this, um, and then trying to move from that to a, a, a place where they can they can help these these matrix teams understand what will be required from a a competency, a capability, and a learning and development perspective, right? So I think that's a key thing I'm thinking about. Karen, what what have you heard in in the marketplace? No, exactly. I mean, and and you're you're really describing what you articulated in the blog post that you wrote that was posted on L10 around building the bridge uh, and L&D being that bridge builder across marketing, sales, leadership, a variety of ops, right? A variety of different sort of stakeholders and and putting themselves in that sort of uh, role of uh, connecting people that all have a little bit different set of priorities, right? And lens on things, um, but it acts as sort of a checks and balances. And really, I thought your 
point that you made was spot on around, you know, the more as an L&D professional, you can have that business acumen and understanding around what's happening in the in the marketplace. And, you know, what are the some of the constraints that are going to be coming out? And then what are the conversations that your stakeholders are having, right? Being aware of that, how is your marketing professional being impacted by, you know, any FDA delays in uh, Padufa dates? Or how is your marketing team, you know, like you said, going to change the you know, possible uh, design layouts of any sort of vis-aids or um, uh, product, you know, value propositions just because of some of these distance constraints, right? Or in a virtual setting, right? So staying ahead of those types of conversations and topics is really going to allow you, you know, someone as an L&D professional to come in uh, with that business acumen that really portrays knowledge and be able to be a better strategic partner. So it is back to like building that bridge around the variety of different departments. So it's, it's, it's that key step. Number one, you know, build the bridge. Yeah, definitely. I think um, going along with building the bridge, there's so much that has to be done going back to your comment around business acumen and, and how that can define an L and D uh, partnership. Um, because if we understand the way the marketplace is evolving and the the external challenges that your sales and marketing um, teams are facing and trying to plan for, then we as an L&D organization become, become proactive versus reactive, right? We are not coming to the table waiting to be told what we should be done. We are coming to the table with our own set of ideas and beliefs of how we could help you address it. So you're you're again showing that that opportunity to be empathetic to what your internal stakeholders are um, facing and you're trying to be part of that solution, bringing your expertise with, from an L&D perspective, right? So we can say as leadership, hey, you know what? Everybody needs to be trained on MS Teams, Adobe Connect, or whatever virtual platform that you're using because they're gonna be engaging with their customers virtually, so everybody go and do that. Well, an L&D partner can come in like you do so nicely, Karen, and deconstruct, okay, there's a lot of you know, underlying steps and behaviors and knowledge that needs to be acquired before you can just turn that switch on. So as an L&D partner, how can I help you do that? So, and the second you know thing that we wanna kind of t- touch on today is, that key step number two that we talked about in in the our article, where we focus on explaining the why behind the design or the decisions that L and D may make to our internal stakeholders. So, you know, Karen, maybe this is an opportunity for you to share some of the insight um, that you've uh, can provide with regards to the importance of the why when explaining learning and development decisions as well as design. Yeah, sure. So even it pulls so well nicely from that building the bridge concept, right? You're in a conversation with a senior sales executive or a a payer marketer, and, you know, they they have a a specific set of of asks and, you know, maybe your perspective, you know, wants to to have a little bit of a a shift, right? Uh, And, you know, so the, the it's always important and and so valuable to explain the why uh, to, to anything really and and those of you on the 
listening in that were sales professionals, you know, this was this was the bread and butter, right, of 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 any sort of uh, messaging, right, is the idea of, you know, here's X, but but here's why it's important. And so what, you know, now what, so what those questions. Um, And so when you're having these conversations with these uh, stakeholders, adding in the why from an adult learning perspective or cognitive science is so valuable and people are really interested in it. They respond very well to it. Um, We often talk about the uh, Ellen Langer study. This was a study done um, and back in like the 1973. Don't feel free to Google check me on that and uh, comment back. Um, But Dr. Langer looked at um, uh, basically a, a research social research condition where if people didn't give a why or they gave a nonsensical why or they gave a why. So they, she compared three different arms of a study and, and basically what she found was that giving a why and giving a nonsensical why, uh, meaning irrational, illogical reasoning, uh, but still giving a why, both had equal outputs, equal reaction. So it doesn't even sometimes even have to be logical that you give a why. Now, obviously, we encourage to have you know a rational explanation uh, and substantiated data from research, which of which there is plenty um, around a variety of things, right? Talking about, um, you know, again, in this in this very busy sort of stressful time, you know, why, you know, if you're talking with an internal stakeholder, you need to, you know, maybe, you know, ask them to prioritize if they have five things that they want the, the customer facing roles trained on, you know, but you know that that's just going to cause cognitive overload. It's going to cause you know, we're already running at a highly ego depleted state in, you know, stress as we were talking about with kids at home and so on and so forth. So, so turning back to them and saying, you know, let's take a minute, maybe could we prioritize the top three of these uh, and then make those the, you know, uh, you know, necessary learning and then give learners the option for two, two choices. And I think that's, it's, it's so um, important. I think we've, we've seen a lot with regards to learning design as well as learning and development decisions. If you lose that why, then you lose a lot of the meaning and the value that comes behind it. So I think everything you're saying, you know, really could resonate with people. And it's, it's definitely, I think, one of those tactics that can be used for, you know, as a key component of influencing without authority. I mean, so many people leave with the what and the how and the when, and leaving out that why is a critical component for the motivation and the buy-in. And that's essentially what we're looking to do as L&D organi- organizations is really to say, listen, not only can we help you with that solution, here's why, along with how, what, why, you know, how, what, and when, but first let's start with the why. And, you know, again, furthering that, that credibility that you have. So great points, Karen. I think um, the, the stronger we become at explaining the why for what it is that we do, the the deeper your credibility um, goes, the more strategic you you become because you're sharing with others the thinking behind your decisions, the thinking behind your proposals. Uh, so, yeah, great comments, Karen. Ah, oh, well, Krista, I've learned the most that I've gotten from you. So I gotta say, it's been a, it's been it's always a journey. It's always a good time. Indeed. Thanks for listening to Your Brain On by Salience Learning. This was part one of our discussion on the five key steps to boosting the impact and strategic value of learning and development. Tune in next time to hear the rest of the discussion. I'm Karen Foster, 
And I'm Krista Gerhard. We'll see you next time. 